Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tarot to Go radio podcast. I'm Anastasia, and I'm pleased to introduce this very first episode of the Tarot to Go radio podcast. Yay! With me today are my fabulous companions, Rose. Hello. And Artemis. Hello. We have a lot of exciting and interesting things in store for you today, and we're glad you're here with us. Our special guest today, who will be joining us in a bit, is Thalassa, the producer of the San Francisco Bay Area Tarot Symposium and the founder of the Daughters of Divination. Looking forward to having her. Yes, exciting. Uh, first up, uh, I believe Rose is going to talk to us about the Shakespeare Oracle. Fabulous. And Artemis, what's on the agenda for you today? I will be reporting on uh, our experience at the Tarot to Go event uh, reading at the Castro Street Fair. Oh, great. And I'm going to give a summary of the Los Angeles Tarot Symposium, which was held on Saturday, September 23rd at the Goddess Temple of Orange County. So, without further ado, Rose, would you like to lead off today? Sure. All right. Well, um, I found this really great deck. It's called the Shakespeare Oracle by A. Browning Llewellyn, and it's published by the Fairwinds Press. Great. Uh, was giving this a good review. Um, it takes the tarot and throws Shakespearean art uh, archetypes to it. Now, mind you, tarot's filled with all kinds of archetypes, but to combine tarot archetypes and Shakespearean archetypes is really kind of very interesting. You know, and if you're a Shakespearean enthusiast, you can really, you know, get a lot out of this deck, I think. Because it just brings to mind, you know, all the familiarity you have with the Shakespearean plays and his sonnets, and then throws them up into all of the tarot stuff that you, you probably remember as you're reading. Um, Browning said, as you know, you go through, and each card, especially in the majors and the court cards, they have two aspects. They've got the character aspects and the role in a reading. Um, so, like, for example, if you take the strength card, which is Katerina and Petruchio from Taming of the Shrew. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. And then you apply their story to how the strength card works in a reading for you, which is kind of nifty to do. Um, it, it gives you just another layer of meaning, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, and to mind you now, the minor arcana are uh, enhanced with a Shakespearean verse to give you just a little bit more. Um, you know, and it, it just adds that bit more of interpretation to your reading. And it also gives the person who you're reading for, a, oh, hey, I'm kind of familiar with that. This isn't quite the scary thing my aunt taught me it was, or something like that. Grandma mm-hmm. said, you mm-hmm. know, oh, great-grandma used to read for me. Wow, these are really neat. I can get into this, you know. And, of course, the lovers is Romeo and Juliet. Now, one thing you might not think about is that the emperor and the empress are Queen Elizabeth and Henry VIII. Interesting. Which is kind of neat to think about because, you know, it's set in Shakespearean times and the Queen Elizabeth was, of course, the epitome of what you want for an empress. And (laughs) Henry VIII, the same. For the two cards. For these two cards (laughs) in his time period, if you think about it. You know, four centuries later, we're still talking about these people. There must be something there. Right. So, you know, it just, for me, it was something to go, hey... Okay, that just added another layer. My favorite, of course, being the fool and it's Festus. Right. You know, you're willing to look silly, but you know what? You're going to do what you need to do for you. Sounds like Anastasia may have an issue with the uh, choice of king. Well, no, it, it's 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 um, it, as an emperor archetype, he's fine. Um, I, I noticed that he is surrounded by what appear to be six golden wedding bands. Hmm, what could that possibly mean? Well, you know, divorce. <laughs> divorce in the Renaissance just didn't quite happen. Beheading, however, hmm. Eh, it's faster. No attorneys involved. Yes, well, that's <laughs> so, true. 
so there's a lot of it's it, it's kind of neat. Like for example, the death card which Artemis is holding right now is King Lear, oh, that's and I perfect. just thought that was just kind of speaks to it, it's so much, mm-hmm. and I, the the world is actually the Globe Theater. Oh, that's perfect. So it just fits with with so much that you can just take out of it and put back into it. Yeah, okay, so, so on the world card, does it does it have the quote "All the world is stage no, and it, we are merely players"? No, it oh. does not. It just oh, well. it just has the globe being I, held up by a gentleman. I guess they just expect that you 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 will that will spring to mind, mind spontaneously. I think so. And if not, you need to go back and retake freshman English. Um, Unfortunately, so, it's not taught freshman year anymore. It's it's now tenth grade. But oh well, whatever. <laughs> Um, so, how has it been reading for clients with this deck? To be honest, clients aren't really comfortable yet. Really? They, they, they look at it and go, oh, those are really pretty pictures. I remember that from high school. Hmm. No, can we pick a different deck, please? <laughs> too, too many memories, unpleasant memories of that high school English I'm teacher? I'm thinking so, you yeah. know, it, it, or them, them reminding themselves, okay, thou and thar and, and all that, they're, they're just not really quite ready to grasp that. I also think maybe the realities of... You know, maybe your life isn't quite as perfect as you think it is. Here, go read this play. Comes to mind as well. Well, so, you know, you gosh, know. you know, say, say you're asking or reading about your career and Macbeth comes up. You know, maybe this isn't. <laughs> yes, but see, but, but, but you know, yeah, that's maybe not I mean, so. It's, but then it's, again, it's what then, you need to hear, but maybe it's not. Uh, but then again, you know, it's, it's rather, I, you know, interesting for me. The Hanged Man is, you know. Hamlet. Oh, that's the yes. Yeah, so Ooh, with a skull, with that's a skull very and everything, good. That's you know. Great. So. Some people aren't ready for that. Some people are. So, but I think once people get used to it, I mean, it is an oversized deck, so that's the other backdrop for some people. They just their hands aren't really yeah, comfortable I'm, with I'm, the shuffling. I'm, I'm having a little trouble manipulating it, but it, it's it's a fabulous deck. It's, it's lovely and it's well done, like I said. And you can get it at your local bookstore, which is always nice. And you just have them order it for you. The Shakespeare Oracle from Fairwinds from Press. Fairwinds Press in a fabulous. What um, is made to look like wood presentation a box. A very nice box and book. That looks very nice. You know, and it, it, it's very well done. I mean, and the book is very interesting. It gives you five different layouts that you could use. Oh, interesting. For any, reading. Any, anything new that we haven't seen? Not, not your standard little white book readings? or no, Well, I think it's just a different take on them. Mm-hmm. There's the mirror spread from Henry the, from Richard II, uh-huh. which is just kind of weird. You know, how you see the <laughs> other person, how the other person sees himself, the right. role they play for you and the role they play for the other, and what you both share. Interesting. So it's, it's, just, it's a little bit interesting about, you know, or the three casket spread. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it's, it's a different take on, you know, your three-card spread, but it's... Right. One is gold, what you desire. Two mm-hmm. is silver, what you deserve. And three is lead, what you get. <laughs> so, you know. So it, it, it's, it's a nice spin on the Merchant of Venice, three caskets. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, that's great. Or, or the Dilemma Wonderful. spread, which is named after Hamlet. Uh, you know, so <laughs> it, it just... No it, credit there. No credit there. Yeah. But my, my, best, my favorite part about it, though, is that every card is introduced with either, you know, a, a little part from the play that they've taken... The uh, like, for example, Queen of Quills is Beatrice, mm-hmm. and so they have a little thing from Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, great! You know, and it's just it just it just clicked with my head about oh my goodness, I missed my high school days with with Shakespeare, oh, and made me want to go back and reread all the plays again. Well, I think as the uh, the deck becomes more available and is around more often, that uh, as people get exposed to it, you're probably going to see it uh, in use more often. Mm-hmm. Um, there is that duality between the uh, uh, the understanding of the archetypes around the tarot themselves, and then that uh, those who enjoy the whole Shakespearean line 
uh, once you find a person much like yourself uh, that can, can combine the two, um, this deck will be very close to their hearts. Mm -hmm. I think it will. This is great. Thank you for bringing us in, Rose. No problem. So, Artemis. Tell us about the Castro Street Fair. Yes, it seems like um, Castro Street Fair was a fabulous event for uh, the Turo to Grow Troop. Um, <laughs> we uh, uh, had a booth uh, just off of 18th and Castro. Um, and right in the heart of the action. Right in the heart of the action. And um, I, I think the, uh, uh, the most significant uh, aspect of it um, was the sheer number of people that uh, attended the event throughout the day. Um, as we found out um, uh, from the setup uh, roughly around 11 in the morning that uh, as it approached early afternoon, the, uh, just the density of the crowd uh, really picked up and uh, caused for... Um, <laughs> there were also more people. <laughs> that's very true. It, it was brisk reading uh, all afternoon. Um, what I discovered um, is the, um, the aspect of reading for so many different um, querents on, on a given afternoon uh, brought um, uh, an issue around the, the pace of the readings. Uh, obviously, um, we're not spending uh, a long, in-depth session with each, um, with each uh, read, uh, read, but the, um, uh, the varied uh, customers that we would have, uh, each with their own um, issue or maybe non-issue, um, <laughs> had, had, uh, had to be basically uh, put in a capsule, uh, in a 15-20 minute uh, read capsule. So. Uh, there was a limitation on um, the number of cards used. Um, the spreads are kept uh, to a, a minimum, uh, five, six cards, and uh, hopefully we were able to address, um, you know, a one quick question, specific issue uh, type response. Now, see, you're much nicer than I am because uh, three cards max, because 15 minutes is really about as, and, and, unless you've got somebody who just, you know, once a quickie, and then it's like, okay, then you well, can lay on a bunch of cards, and they want 15 seconds And I did, and I did find clients, uh, my last couple, who uh, insisted that they'd like to see a couple more cards turned. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, though they might not have shared their particular uh, question or concern with me in depth, um, it was obviously that they were, they were looking for additional information on whatever their concern was about. Um, the other aspect uh, in reading for so many in such a quick um, uh, quick period of time is uh, being aware of my own um, uh, status and my own uh, condition on a self-care basis, uh, wanting to be available and give the same quality of read uh, for each uh, querent. I wanted to be mindful of, of my condition and making sure that I was taking enough breaks and uh, things on that level. Um, Stacking is important. That, that's very energies. true. That's very true. And as a professional, I would like to uh, bring the same quality of read to, to all of my uh, clients that would come in, uh, come into play. And uh, in a fair atmosphere such as the Castro Street Fair, there's a lot of action and um, um, pulsations going on with uh, all the movements of uh, maybe music and sound, uh, confusion from the adjoining booths, as well as the, um, the constant stream of, 
of people enjoying the fair uh, in front of us. So, and you also um, add in the alcohol that is served oh, on, on top at the of that. fair, though, and, though that and, and and being next door to a bar. That, that's true, <laughs> and that may have worked in our favor as far as the uh, the overall number of clients that that we <laughs> that uh, we we were able to serve. Um, but it was um, still a festive atmosphere, and uh, the type of atmosphere I think is uh, open and willing to accepting the tarot as a tool to explore a particular question in their lives or uh, to help them give um, uh, some insight on you know what decision uh, that uh, it may lead them to. Um, the other uh, interesting fact that uh, I, I always find when uh, we're reading for so many in such a short period of time is um, new combinations of, of cards that I might not see uh, in doing a, an in-depth reading. Um, over a, a period of an afternoon, it was <laughs> from 11 to uh, 7, uh, by the time we um, uh, were packed up. Uh, it, um, it was interesting to see not only the, um, the different combinations that I might not have come across before, but how the client would react to, to those, the expectation that, no, I'm used to pulling these type of cards and, um, gee, I've gotten those type of cards. What does that mean? And mm-hmm. um, helping them walk through uh, the explanation based on the, um, the particular combination of cards that we're looking at. Uh, um, did you find that a lot of your clients that you read for were experienced with Tarot, or did you have a lot of people like, ah, oh, I'm new to this, what the heck is this stuff? Um, I found that um, the majority, I would say 75% of the clients that I read for, so out of uh, 16 people, probably 10, 12 or so, had had their cards read before, but it had been a very long time. Interesting. And um, they were taking this opportunity as a time to really kind of touch back in mm-hmm. uh, with having a read um, since they hadn't had the opportunity to do that. So in that respect, I felt it was really worthwhile to have had the opportunity to provide this service to them um, during the fair. Uh, the other quarter that was left over, these are folks that had never had their cards read before. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I um, allowed them the opportunity to ask more questions mm-hmm. uh, since they're kind of new to the whole image archetype um, exposure and um, hopefully uh, gave them the opportunity to, to do that. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. So, um, wonderful. So, um, as I mentioned, on Saturday, September 23rd, I ventured behind the orange curtain and went to the Los Angeles Tarot Symposium. Um, the theme this year was Love on the Royal Road. Uh, Barbara Rapp, who could, uh, Barbara Gearings, excuse me, um, who uh, organizes and manages the LA Tarot Symposium and our own Thalassa, uh, were coming up with this theme that last year's LA Tarot Symposium, and they've been up all night, and somehow the idea of love on the Royal Road seemed like a good idea to them for a theme. Okay. The speakers all decided that they'd go with it because, well, what other choice do you have when Thalassa and Barbara are telling you you're going to do, do something? something. <clears throat> so um, s- some of the speakers were, were kind of challenged by this, and other speakers were like, oh, this is great. So I got there in the middle of the opening session because it was a long drive down the night before, mm-hmm. and um, Thalassa was uh, lecturing on um, Tarot as triple A for the Arcana. Uh, roadside service. Oh yeah. my goodness! It, okay. it, it, it was great, and, and it was you know typical philosophy class, entertaining, informative, and a lot of fun. Uh, and that was the first session. But the LA Tour Symposium does start at eight thirty a.m., which oh. even on the best day is really a push for me. Um, and then at the same time, Sandra Thompson was running a, a two session beginners class, oh, wow. which um, everybody who attended reported very Excellent. favorably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're going to learn to row from anybody, Sandra is a great choice. Right. So. 
good jumping off spot. Absolutely. Um, the the first full session I actually made it to two uh, was our Joseph Martin. Oh, how exciting! Author of Questero, uh, speaking always on, an exciting presentation. Yes, speaking on love energy and the facilitation of psychic ability, and um, again, Joseph. Fabulous. Um, a lot of very interesting information. Mm -hmm. Different ways of looking at um, bringing love into a reading, not necessarily romantic love, but you know, being able to give love to your client in a positive, constructive, non-obligatory mm -hmm. kind of okay. way. Um, and just um, helping the client realize more ways they could manifest love in their lives and mm -hmm. in their own relationships. Um, so that was, that was a really interesting. Um, I have to admit that I missed both of the options for the next morning session because I got sucked into the vendor room. Yeah, yeah. And um, some amazing, amazing vendors. Um, and I looked at a number of rare and out-of-print tarot decks and managed to get out of there without buying any of them. Oh, my goodness. How I, did you? How? how? <laughs> I, it, it was too early in the morning. I hadn't had enough coffee to be able to make a decision. Okay. I think that was a lot of it. So, um, so uh, I missed those, but then Arnel Ando gave this great talk in the following session um, about collage deck making, both the history and evolution of it oh. from her own early works, from Jim Wallace's mm -hmm. you know, initial Voyager to Row, yeah. the original, you know, way before Photoshop collage mm -hmm. deck, and also um, how to make your own. Oh, wondrous. And things to keep in mind, like copyright issues if oh, you're yeah. using images from somebody else's, else's work. Well, yeah, that's, that's very important <clears throat> when you're doing that kind of stuff. Right, but what I found really amazing is there are actually software manufacturers and stationary companies that are working together to make um, inkjet and laser jet compatible pre-printed, um, not pre-printed, but uh, tarot card paper oh. that you can print on. They're just, they punch out just like the business cards that oh, you buy. Nice. And it, it's great stuff. And she just had all these ideas and all these resources. So that was really helpful. So someday when I have time, I can sit down and make my own collage deck. Okay. Or we'll just have to do a tarot to go one and then just put it out there. Hey, what a great idea. Why don't you head up that project, Rose? Oh, yes. <laughs> Along with the many other ones we've got going. But uh, that could be. And sure. you know what? Our listeners could give us some ideas. That'd be great. If you have any ideas, send them to Radio Tarot at tarot2go.net. We'll repeat that later. Because um, we'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. um, the next session was fabulous. Uh, it was Mary Greer. And, of oh. course, you don't put anybody opposite Mary Greer. Yes, very smart. Because <laughs> yeah. everybody goes to Mary's session. And she was talking about her recent trip through New Zealand and Australia. Oh. And the Tarot conferences and, that she attended and the classes that she taught there. And apparently there's this huge, thriving Tarot community, very active in New Zealand and Australia. I mean, who knew? No, that's what I was going to say is, is, wow, how, how interesting that it's around the world, of course. I mean, yes, we know it's outside of the United States. <laughs> Superpower that we are, woohoo! Um, <laughs> but again, you know, you don't think about New Zealand as a place for you know a hotbed of tarot, and yet, it, and it, yet it is. It's yeah. a thriving, it's a thriving com community. Yeah, if I can talk, it'd be great. <laughs> it was fabulous. It was very interesting. Um, she also just bought a new digital camera, and so she was she had pictures of everything. She was taking pictures of everything. Um, so the ultimate uh, vacation showing, and it, and yeah. just got tarot discussion. It, yeah, exactly. What I did Sounds like a fabulous experiment. It, yeah, oh, it was yeah. great. Um, and then there was lunch, which was fabulous, featuring, of course, the Lats chocolate cake, oh. which you have to have. Um, after lunch, there was a special, again, single session with uh, Julie Cachillo Watts, hmm. and she was doing a pre uh, the premiere of her new Ma'at Tarot, oh. which was devastatingly gorgeous. Oh, wonderful. Um, she, she presented a, a um, sort of PowerPoint-style 
video presentation of the deck. It was just one card after another, and you had some time to look at each card and mm -hmm. just absorb it. It would move on to the next one. And then after that, she did some question and answer about what she was thinking and how she, you know, the creative process of the deck. And it was fabulous. And I love this deck, and I need to get my hands on it. Um, and the book, um, the gorgeous, the book, she had it printed on special paper in an old in an antique style typeface, so it oh, looks like nice. a facsimile reproduction of a Renaissance book. Oh, and the images are just like nothing I have ever seen. So really, you need this. You need the Mat Tarot. It's M A A T by Julia Cachia Watts, and everybody should have this deck. So that's one of the reasons why I like the Lats and Bats formats. Uh, you have the opportunity to interface directly with the authors and the creators of the decks that we're we're using. You get to get personal insights on why they designed a particular card a particular way or which uh, card stock they used or mm -hmm. what publishing challenges they may have had. Right. Now, um, this one actually she self-published. Oh, She did okay. not go with, with US Games or Llewellyn or any of the usual suspects. She self-published it so she could do it exactly the, the way, way she, she wanted. wanted. And the results are stunning. Um, That's excellent. Much like uh, Cyril Marchetti did with my uh, Tarot of Dreams deck. Exactly. And, uh, one that I totally enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you self-publish, you have all the expense, but you also have all the artistic control you want. That's exactly. great. Um, and then we, we, we had the uh, dynamic duo of Lon Duquette and Art Rosengarten. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, it's, nobody should have let these two out together by themselves, and yet, you know, here they are, unchaperoned. Oh, no. um, and um, they did this great presentation, Tarot and Love, The Lovers, the Devil, and the Ring, A Triadic Path of Relationship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fabulous. Yeah, it, it, it was great, and and our, entertaining as heck, I am sure. Uh, it, it's you know these two never disappoint. No, <laughs> they don't. Yeah, no. and um, Art was talking about um, you know the work he's done on his Tarot of Nine Paths, and um, he incorporated um, some of the cards from the Osho Zen deck, not in his deck, but in this presentation. Mm -hmm. um, the, just you know, kind of developing his philosophy in this and that, and Lon, of course, who. You know, knows the Crowley Thoth deck inside out, backwards and forwards, and upside down, and probably diagonally. Um, we should think about getting him on uh, as a guest in the oh, next couple we of will. episodes. We will, we will. No, we're, we'll have to go to him. So, road trip to LA, guys. Get ready. Oh, don't. Come in. <laughs> Take some time off work and we go. Um, so, that was fabulous, as always, and very entertaining. And, um, you know, Tarot of the Nine Paths is such a beautiful, esoteric, it's, it's again a collage deck okay. art took photos of all of these sand play figures that oh. he uses in his therapeutic practice and form this collage deck with them. Oh. If you haven't seen Tarot of the Nine Paths, I highly recommend it. Okay. Um, and then, you know, of course, you have the Crowley Foth deck, which is a very different, highly stylized, oh, yes. formalized kind of deck. And watching these two and how they, they correlate and how they they work together, mm -hmm. even though they were done so far apart in time, geography, mm -hmm. and approach, yes. is amazing. Um, so that was fabulous, as always. Um, and then Sandra Thompson did uh, an advanced workshop. Uh, well, not advanced, but you know, beginners would have been fine with it. Um, but she was um, talking about the influence of the world card in the context of love and how that shapes the reading. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I found that very helpful and very, very enlightening. Mm -hmm. um, if you ever get a chance to hear Sandra speak at any symposium, go. Mm -hmm. She's just a font of tarot knowledge and comes up with these things like, I wish I'd thought of that. And mm -hmm. That's what I do most of the time in her sessions. Mm -hmm. I take notes and think, I wish I'd thought of that. Um, so that was the day. And then, of course, at the end of the day, there was raffles and silliness and, and a um, version of the court card dating game with Thalassa as the Queen of Cups. Oh, my. <laughs> and our eligible bachelors were Lon Duquette, 
James Rickliffe, Joseph Martin, and Art Rosengarten. And wow. I haven't um, seen anything quite like it since last year's End of Lats festivities. Okay, well. Yeah. Who so. won? <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Bachelor number one, which happened to be Lon Duquette. Okay, well, there you go. Yes. Yeah. And um, they're, they're Naughty dream- Santa come to life. Yes. And, and they He's wonderful. Yeah. And, and their dream date was uh, dinner with Shamu at SeaWorld. Okay. <laughs> we'll send them off with our blessings. Yes, indeed. Exactly. Exactly. So it was a great day. It was fabulous. I met some really wonderful people. Um, coveted several tarot decks. As, as I mentioned earlier, there were all these fabulous rare and out-of-print decks. I didn't buy a single one of them. I was really impressed with myself, mostly because I couldn't decide which one to get. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess just that means we have to go shopping. Exactly. So, um, yeah. clear the shelf for another deck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hmm. Can you ever have too many decks? No. 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 That's that is the, the motto. I yeah, think. It's one of our mottos here at Tarot to Go. You can never have too many decks. So, anyway, so now she's been sitting here waiting very patiently oh, yes. as our special guest, Thalassa, who is the producer of the San Francisco Bay Area Tarot Symposium, the founder of Daughters of Divination, mm-hmm. and our wonderful friend. So, let's all say hi, Thalassa. Hello, Thalassa. Welcome. Welcome, Thalassa. Hi there. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. You're taking the time. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, plus, it's always a, a delight to uh, spread the word about the, the Turo Symposium. It's uh, sort of my the, the closest thing I have to a child. <laughs> <laughs> so the symposium's in its 15th year now, yes? It was tr- tr- it's tremendously exciting to, to, to think that it's gone on this long. Um there were some an, an occasional tarot symposium in the early '80s produced by various people, and and um, back in '91, I was having a conversation with Jack Hurley, the uh, pr- uh, publisher of the unfortunately defunct Tarot Network News, and um, he was bemoaning the fact that that the the tarot people were so isolated, and of course this was before the explosion of the internet and and everything, but. He was bemoaning the fact that without symposia or think, gatherings of that type, Tarot people tended to remain isolated in, in their own little world because um, a, a Tarot practitioner isn't necessarily joined like a, a pagan or uh, you know, someone who has a group. Uh, tarot is very often a solitary study. And um, I remember a voice that people insist was mine saying, well, I could give it a, a try. And so what happened in those those early years is that it, it gave people a place to meet. It gave uh, Tarot enthusiasts uh, a, a way to meet and exchange information and, and share their passion because um, Tarot is um, different from other things. Pound for pound, uh, I think Tarot people buy and read more books than just about any other <laughs> disciplinarian. And and I think the opportunity for people to actually meet their favorite authors and meet other enthusiasts um, who co- span all all possible belief systems, um, Christian, pagan, agnostic, scientific, it's amazing the, the range of people that the Tarot attracts. And getting those people together created a, tr- a tremendous critical mass. And um, once the Internet started to become more common it helped build that community but i i sometimes wonder if there hadn't been things like bats back then if people would even have known um that there, there there was a possibility of building this community so um it's been wonderful for that and mm-hmm. the other uh, other wonderful thing about bats is that 
it has enabled people who are starting out to connect to teachers, to, to talk to authors, um, to be inspired, to create. Um, and if they have created something already, to, to find a way to, to make that known. There, there are several decks that owe their, their lives on book, bookshelves um, to connections that their, their creators made while at BATS. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it, it's, been, it's been really exciting to watch things you know, where someone will say, I have an idea, and then five years later they've got um, a book or a deck out on shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that encourages other people because the tarot by its very nature encourages people to be creative. Right. Um, it stimulates so much more than just what reading a book would. Um, the images and, and the tactile experience encourage people to create whether it's art or their uh, tarot bags or their own <laughs> version of tarot uh, cards, they're, they're, there's this incredible creativity that the tarot stimulates. And so it's wonderful to see this explosion of, of decks and, and books and tarot art. Mm-hmm. And um, for a lot of people, they got a chance at bats to, to promote that. And mm-hmm. we're, we're slavishly in favor of shameless plugs. <laughs> if, you, if you enjoy... Um, uh, something and you you want to share it with people and and the diversity of of what people are doing, especially in the Bay Area, is really astonishing. And so people put their flyers and their business cards out on a what we call the table of shameless plugs, uh-huh. and it 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 helps to spread the word. Oh, great! Um, yeah. So say I've never been to the San Francisco Bay Area Tarot Symposium before. What should I expect when I come in? Um, it, it's really kind of interesting. Um, I just ha- answered an email today that said that, you know, what is it? And, and, um, symposium is kind of a misnomer because symposium is Greek for drinking party. Uh, <laughs> that's afterwards, <laughs> that's right? Afterwards. Oh, okay. That's afterwards. That's the real symposium. <laughs> but the, the, uh, what I, I, I got kind of, um, disappointed by the, um, symposiums I had been to where it was a very academic event. You mm-hmm. sat in a chair for an hour and a half while someone talked and you were expected to take notes. And and then you would perhaps get up and, and stretch a bit and sit back down and someone else would sit and t- stand and talk to you for an hour and a half. And so when I started the symposium, I really wanted to encourage people presenting to think cogently to what do they want to say? How do they want to say it? You get X amount of time um, the human behind, I think, is only good for about 45 <laughs> minutes. And um, the human brain isn't much farther beyond that. Mm-hmm. And so what we wanted to do was make it exciting for the, the people um, attending um, without draining them and make it um, kind of challenging for the speakers so that they really think about what they want to present. Mm-hmm. And so we divide the day into five workshop periods of 55 minutes, the 55-minute hour, <laughs> uh, very therapeutic. And uh, there are usually two, occasionally three tracks, depending on how many speakers. Um, so you have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, almost every period there, there there's a choice, and I try to make those choices between two very different things. So right. even if you're a rank beginner, you'll still be able to, to go towards things more calibrated, to your your beginning skill level, mm-hmm. um, and then something more esoteric, more offbeat, whatever. And um, so in the course of the day, you'll come away with five workshop periods um, of very, very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are also vendors who specialize in tarot and metaphysical 
books, jewelry, um, all the little things that are associated with keeping tarot cards happy. Shiny objects. Shiny objects, yes. We believe in shiny objects. <laughs> and then the Millard Fillmore Memorial Spiritualist Garage Sale, um, which is which the is? retail arm of the DOD. It's, um. Um, it's basically um, a way for people to pick up books and decks at a reasonable price and people who no longer like their decks or books to offload them. And it helps offset the, the fairly significant cost of putting on the symposium. Um, and that's always fun. You never mm-hmm. know what's going to be on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, generally someone who puts out more uh, current things The for the past few years. We've had the Tarot Garden, a very, very wonderful um, um, company that has a, a huge selection of books and decks, mm-hmm. and, but their books and decks are either new or rare, and we right. sort of fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the day, we encourage a lot of networking. We uh, encourage people to, to, to talk to the, the speakers, to talk to the the presenters to to talk among themselves um and then we also have several raffles through the day raffles um um, yes that's been something that's been really exciting over the 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 past few years to watch that grow Mm -hmm. um publishing companies such as llewellyn and uh, red wheel wiser have graciously donated things very very beautiful things um and now this time we're going to have chronicle books uh donating um gift back uh, boxes of uh, witch brie books, which oh, are these beautifully produced little uh, uh, spell books. Um, uh, some of the, the vendors will donate a piece of art or something like that, and it's it's kind of exciting. You know, raffles are are, are exciting, and, right. and uh, but what what's kind of neat is if we if if you want more raffle tickets, you get one when you come in. Um, you're encouraged to go to the vendors if the vendors like the fact that you talked to them or liked what you bought or that they can give you an extra ticket or you can buy additional tickets. Mm-hmm. That's been just tremendous because people have bought sufficient raffle tickets for us to make donations to uh, groups like um, Habitat for Humanity in the wake of the Katrina uh, rebuilding. Uh, the Unitarian Universalists uh, have a, a social outreach fund. We've do- made donations to that, it, and, and that's because we're at the, the because it's at the Unitarians, the Unitarians right? Center. Okay, and then um, so we're thanking our hosts. We're thanking our hosts, mm-hmm. um, and um, the acronym for BATS is SF Bay Area Tourism Posting is BATS, and so BATS have become sort of our our decorative theme and <laughs> our mascot it was done by um, one of our presenters a very talented artist and tarot expert joseph Erd- ernest martin and so sparky the wonder bat is our our um, mas- mascot so what we did um what we've done for the past few years is made donations to groups that work with bats right. last year we adopted two bats oh, from the Bat Conservancy, and one, of course, is named Sparky. And <laughs> of course, thinking of having a co- contest to name the second bat. Mm-hmm. And this time, we're gonna. There's a Northern California organization that works specifically with Northern California bats. Oh, that's um, great. And bats are, of course, very, very wonderful creatures that um, have a very tough uh, <laughs> PR uh, problem that you know, a lot of people will mistakenly kill bats and. and and so the Northern California um, gosh, Bat Conservancy, I think, is the name. Mm-hmm. They um, they uh, do bat uh, rescue and rehabilitation. They promote bat habitat and that sort of thing. So we'll be making this year. We'll be making a, a donation to them. 
Um, so the the nice thing of the raffle is that it gives us an opportunity to to um, make a little charitable donation here and there mm-hmm. um, to and, things we believe in. And people get to take home really cool stuff. And people get to take home really cool stuff. And there's also the excitement. I mean, I, it's really fun to, to watch a, a room when the, a raffle is going on. There's a wonderful energy to, and, and people kind of support one another and, and encourage one another. I had, I had never really uh, thought about it very much. And then on a whim, based on what my um, compatriot Barbara Rapp does with the LA Tarot Symposium is and she always has a raffle and people always seem to enjoy it and once we tried it up here I thought wow that's just one more fun thing right and the other bats we also have readings mm-hmm. um, many of our presenters um, read really for attendees oh, that's um, great um, and that's that's kind of fun you know I mean, once you've got the cards in your hand you, know, you, <laughs> you got to do something with them and you know it's very exciting to have a reading from someone of the the caliber of Mary Greer or Joseph Martin oh my gosh what a great opportunity it is a terrific opportunity but also the all of the daughters of divination um who help produce the event are um well-trained highly skilled readers in their own right who love to read so um, most of the daughters who are helping um, backstage are also <laughs> available for readings, and mm-hmm. so, and and um, it, it's kind of nice um, to get a you know, to have that additional thing. It's not. I always try to distinguish from something like a psychic fair, where the whole thing is you. There may be some classes, there may be th- some things going on, but the idea is just just go from reader to reader. The idea with the the, the having the readers at bats is it's it's. You're usually someone who is somewhat knowledgeable about um, the tarot or or interested in acquiring that skill set. So you're coming to someone who is, has already you know done a lot of work with the tarot, and so it's more of a professional to professional kind of of reading, mm-hmm. um, and it's more of a an experience that you add onto, like frosting on the cupcake of the right. whole symposium. Mm-hmm. It, it's I try to keep the day. Um, in a manageable time frame because it does get overwhelming. I think five classes in a day, if you go from start to finish, is going to leave you with kind of a pleasant buzz between your <laughs> ears, but it's not going to, like, suck your soul out. Right, right. Um, that sounds really great. Um, what's the most memorable instance that's ever occurred at a BATS? Gosh, you know, it, every one of them is so unique and so mm-hmm. cool. I just, that's what keeps me doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been times where I think, my God, this is so much work. This is this is so so daunting. And then I think of all the wonderful things that have happened. But one thing that happened um, in our early years, we had just moved to yet another location, and Mary Greer had just come back from England, where she had been doing her research um, for Women of Golden Dawn, and she asked it as if, as part of her presentation, she could do. A golden dawn, um, an example of golden dawn ritual. Oh my! And I tend to downplay uh, rituals and things like that because there's such a broad spectrum of spiritual belief. I don't really want to be um, forcing people's spiritual disciplines down other people's throats. But I thought in this context, since the golden dawn gave us a lot of what we take for granted as true, it would be interesting to see what they would do and um so what mary was doing was um 
uh, banishing ritual in preparation for a reading, mm-hmm. um, because the way the Golden Dawn did readings was, you know, was Cecil B. to Mill production. <laughs> you know, cue you know, the extras. We're we're casting the cards, kind of thing. And as she called each quarter, which mm-hmm. you know, as she faced each quarter and addressed the elemental that um, guarded that corner, the wind would whip up. And she'd go to the next one, and the wind would whip around the building in the opposite direction. Wow. And when she brought the the four elements together, there was this huge gust of wind and then stillness. And I was sort of guarding the door to to keep people from walking in while that was being done, because there's nothing more distracting while you're trying to focus than having the door banging in people. And I was... Standing there, and I felt completely enclosed in this wonderful protective sphere. And it was, it was, we didn't have any more wind demonstrations like that for the rest of the day. So I, I'm kind of inclined to think that it wasn't a coincidence. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was very exciting. And, and Mary, it's always wonderful to watch Mary work anyway. Right. That's something that people don't realize. She, she's a, uh, has a, a, a She's a daughter. Uh, what is it? Part of the Fellowship of Isis, and she does a lot of that work. And that's not a context that you would ordinarily see her in a tarot setting. So mm-hmm. that was kind of fun. Well, that's that's yeah. incredible. But you know, things like that happen. You know, it's it's when when you get the energy going, there there's a sense sometimes of answered prayers. Things are starting to to fall apart, and suddenly the just right person shows up, or the just right thing happens. It's almost like this energy field is created where 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 people are better able to access the good things that flow through the universe. And, mm-hmm. and if you try to document it, I think <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. But you know, mm-hmm. there, there's this wonderful sense of people, people enjoy it. They're, they feel safe. They feel safe to be themselves. They feel safe to you know, come up and talk to people. And there aren't mm-hmm. that many things in, in, in our modern life that enable us to feel safe and, and, and comfortable amongst you know, people who share the same interests. Um, so, you know, that that creates its own very special energy, mm-hmm. and a lot of the stories that I can think of center on how what wonderful things come out of that energy. Oh, that's great! Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the one that's coming up. It's October twenty first. Yes, here in San Francisco, yes, the, the San Francisco, the San Francisco Unitarian Universalist Center. They they are, they are very clear on that that they are uni- universalists and Unitarians, and it's a beautiful space. On Franklin and Geary, okay. um, very welcoming. Um, there's a wonderful courtyard for for lunch or just getting a breath of air, and and we have a wonderful uh, lineup of speakers. Um, Joseph Ernest Martin is coming. Um, he, he he created the Quest Tarot, which oh, yes. has been translated into I forget how. I think he said sixteen different languages. It just made it into Russian. Um, it's and a trem- Korean, I believe. Korean, you know, places you didn't think they would have tarot. Right. And he's um he's a very powerful speaker, a very energetic speaker. He's mm-hmm. he, I always like to start the day with him because right. he really he's almost better than coffee and getting people <laughs> going. Um, and if, and Mary Greer is coming. It's always a pleasure to have her. She's always doing something interesting. She's one of the 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 high priestesses of of the tarot. She's oh, absolutely written the seminal books. She's you know taught the important classes, mm-hmm. and she um she went through Australia and New Zealand recently for uh, on this sort of whirlwind tour of, of 
tarot hot spots down <laughs> under and um, also learning to use her digital camera and she's <laughs> created this presentation of what tr- is happening down under and there there is a tremendous uh, tarot community in New Zealand and Australia and she's going to be who presenting would have thought? It. who would have thought yeah, but, you know well. they're they're pretty they're pretty heathen down there in the land of Oz there we go it's good um uh John Michael Greer who mm-hmm. is a druid of of, of uh, very renowned for his studies, and he work. He's a geomancer and does mm-hmm. a lot of um, divination forms. Is is coming? It's his first time, and that's tremendously exciting. Oh um, yeah. Uh, Arnell Ando is a tarot uh, ar- artist who is uh, presenting. A, she's always doing wonderful things with collage work, and she very much lives the artist's life, and, mm-hmm. and her life is constellated around tarot and art and she's going to be presenting um some new uh thing that she's working on that, that's just fascinating she's she's a very sweet soul and and fascinating to to listen to yeah it's i i'm fortunate enough to own one of her creations and it, it is just amazing it is the centerpiece and focal point of my living room and it stops people in their tracks every time they walk in yeah and she works on in such incredible detail it's just, it's just wonderful um, we're going to have uh, Pamela Eakins, who has been has presented in earlier bats, and mm-hmm. for, she hasn't been back in a while. She's a, she was the uh, creatrix of the Tarot of the Spirit, and a, and she does a lot of wonderful goddess and spiritual exploration stuff um, down the coast. And um, I I have I she hasn't gotten her course information to me yet, <laughs> but um, she she's just so involved in so many fascinating spiritual explorations i'm sure it's going to be terrific Mm -hmm. um we've got uh julia turk who's also returning to bats for a while we people come and go as they develop things and she did something called the navigator's tour of the mystic sea which is a very inward looking dreamlike tarot that um she's finally gotten the copyright back from u.s games and so she's re-releasing it she's done some fabric designs um which based on her artwork are are just going to be exquisite and Mm -hmm. she's written a novel and so she's going to be presenting all these wonderful different things um uh, we're going to have um gosh damn palette uh i always want to say pelletier but it's actually (laughs) pelletier pelletier it's americanized after all americanized as can be and he's the what uh the proprietor of the Tarot Garden, and he has met, has a tremendous stock of, of life experience. Um, he had a very seminal uh, experience that got him back into the Tarot, and it's sort of transformed. He's almost become a um, an evangelist in a good way for, for getting people to, to really study the tro in a deep and meaningful way and, mm-hmm. and he always and he has a terrific sense of humor and kind of this wonderful uh carnival barker <laughs> persona so he's always fun even mm-hmm. even if he you kind of get lost in what he's doing he's always he's always fun mm-hmm. um ellen lorenzi prince created the uh tarot of the crone a and beautiful a beautiful, beautiful tarot deck that a a, a sort of addresses the issues of of the crone archetype a very mm-hmm. powerful archetype that's been neglected in our modern lives mm-hmm. and uh, she also has done something called the pandora tarot and the really? same sort of thing ellen is very interested in exploring the uh 
uh, the, the dark side where where things germinate and grow um, mm-hmm. and uh, she does a lot of wonderful stuff especially this time of year for the, the, the fall bats a lot of times she'll do something about the underworld and mm-hmm. so it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what she does and um, having another prodigal returning <laughs> to the Belfry Athena MacArthur who works with shamanistic uh, divination systems mm-hmm. is um, going to be preparing a, a uh, presentation and she's she's a real crowd pleaser she's uh she's people don't see things like divination with sheep vertebra and <laughs> not your everyday occurrence at yeah. least for most people no and, and so she's she's always got something interesting and colorful and mm. and that's the idea what, what we're, we're trying all, all, always to do is to kind of push the frontiers to mm-hmm. sort of explore the inner and, and outer universe with mm-hmm. fresh new eyes and mm-hmm. looking at, at different ways of 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 using the tarot and incorporating it into our lives and mm-hmm. and by extension also the the the, the divinatory arts of other cultures. So mm-hmm. um, we I always try to have you know, whether for a while we had um, uh, Diane Paxson uh, Ooh, yeah. with her uh, her runic work really mm-hmm. astonishing stuff. So we always always like to have one non tarot <laughs> thing in there. Right, and um, we. Uh, we always have somebody at the last minute who says, oops, you asked me and I forgot. Is there still time? So I always have, it's like the chair for Elijah. You know. So you know, there's always a surprise mm-hmm. uh, or two, mm-hmm. sometimes more. Oh. Uh, so do, do you, because you're so busy producing, do you actually have time to do any presenting or are you so busy stage managing that, that you don't get a time slot? Um, I'm, I'm the, I'm the one who fills the chair for Elijah. <laughs> if, if there's somebody doesn't show up or if there, we've got, uh, one extra space or something mm-hmm. like that, because people's schedules change. And so I'll have a beautiful program and then is, you know, something will happen. You mm-hmm. know, some, uh, we were supposed to have James Wanless, who's always a, a treat with his oh. Voyager Tarot, just uh, wonderful, He's wonderful. fascinating. Fascinating and fun, but he got a paying gig. They paid like real money. Wow. And yeah. so I said, well, you know, I can't really get in the way of that. So no. he was, we had to pull him out of the line of, and sometimes mm-hmm. those things happen. Mm-hmm. Two days before bed, so I, I'm always <laughs> I'm always on tap, mm-hmm. and I can talk about just about anything, mm-hmm. um, and probably will. Um, <laughs> I, I did uh, something um, at the LA Tarot Symposium about Triple uh, uh, A for Arcana roadside service <laughs> um, along for the Royal Road of the Tarot. So I may I've been trying to do that. You know, what exploring the the, the darker and, and quirkier aspects of the, the tarot as a way of shedding meaning. You know, the, mm-hmm. you know, people do, as I'm fond of saying, people don't wake up in the morning and say, gosh, I've got a great relationship and a good job and things are pretty good. Hey, I'll get a tarot reading. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, a lot of times when we're, we, we turn to the tarot when we are challenged or when we're confused. And, mm-hmm. and um, I think by, by working in the darker uh images or the the more more troublesome images we actually get a, a deeper level of meaning and greater insight you know mm-hmm. our darker cards are sometimes our best friend not necessarily <laughs> the friend you want to wake up across the coffee table from the breakfast table from but uh friend nonetheless and so you know, what happens when your what happens when your tarot de- deck breaks down you know sometimes right. you know the the greasiest wrench in the darkest corner of the toolbox is the one you turn to mm-hmm. and so that's if I if I if I am forced 
to speak unaccustomed as I am to public speaking. <laughs> right. That's probably what I'll do. Uh-huh. But I, I, I like stage managing it. I like, I like making everybody comfortable getting everything moving. There's so many moving parts. I have mm-hmm. a great uh, group of people that help me, the Daughters of Divination. Um, and I couldn't do it without them, but, and there have been lots of times where I haven't spoken and it's, it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. about the tarot and about these wonderful people who are working with it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That sounds great. Yeah. So, so if I were going to come to bats, what should I bring besides me? Obviously yourself, yourself is always good. Um, it's a good start. Um, should I bring my decks? Should I bring... If you if you do... You know, I always... I, I personally never go anywhere without a, at least a deck. <laughs> um, so it's always good because, you know, a lot of times I'll be walking, you know, running to the bathroom. I've got to bring... You know, there'll be two people who have just met and they're, right. they're both reading cards mm-hmm. uh, for one another, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So it's always good to have a deck with you. Although they're, they're always... You know, I come away for it's my event. I still come <laughs> waddling out. You know, I've bought four more tarot decks. Like I need four more tarot decks, but oh, there's always something new and interesting there. Mm-hmm. So you, you you probably should be prepared to 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 find some interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you really should be bringing is an open mind, um, a sense of humor, and a, a willingness to 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 kind of flow with things. It's I don't believe in. A lot of rigidity, I believe, in fluidity and choice within a structure. So you've right. got the structure of the symposium, and within that, you 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 may be challenged to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, you may be uh, asked to connect to somebody, mm-hmm. and that so having an open mind and a sense of humor <laughs> are probably um, the most important things you 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 can bring. Probably. Almost as important as your checkbook. <laughs> yeah, some very good shopping. I yeah. I, I have never gone to the Bayer Symposium um, and not walked out with more things than I had arrived with. Yeah. And I arrived with no small supply of things. Yeah. And and yet more things seem to have magically leapt into my bag. And and, uh, and yeah, and that's a, that's sometimes sometimes people have an issue with that. And I I think the the the. The reason why tarot people are so drawn to to the visual and the tactile and the material is that the tarot, by its in and of itself, is a medium that must be practiced in a very physical way. Um, even if you are reading a, a, on a computer for somebody or on the phone, you're still connecting to that person. And I'm old fashioned enough to feel that the best readings are done facing another person and touching the cards. I still think one of the best ways to buy a deck or to acquire a deck is to actually handle it, to see how mm-hmm. it feels in your hand, how it looks to your eyes, um, how it smells in the case <laughs> of a used a deck. And so, and because there's so much about the experience that what transcends the daily, that's why you wrap the cards, mm-hmm. you know, not to protect their vibrations. I think they're strong <laughs> enough to protect themselves. Right. But, you know, the idea that you wrap it up to, to you, you put it in a special box, you keep it in, you carry it in a special bag. And when you take it out, there's this sense of unveiling. There's mm-hmm. a sense of flourish. And, and, and all of those window dressings are not necessary i mean frankly you don't even need a deck of tarot cards if you if you're really good you can you uh, and i have done this i have read without cards you know, mm-hmm. just shuffling the archetypes in my mind um but there's something wonderful wonderful about the whole physical experience of it mm-hmm. and so i think people who are interested in tarot 
tend to be more attracted to those kinds of things mm-hmm. because they understand it's not a materialistic thing. It's an integration of the material into the spiritual. Right. So as much as we say you know, shopping and it's, you know, it's not, it's not like going to Walmart. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's more like going to, to I don't know. I don't it's, know. Psychic Neiman Marcus. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is absolutely fabulous. And even if you have no intention of buying anything, just looking at the, the objects on offer mm. can really expand how you think about the tarot. There, there are some really talented, amazing artisans yes. who vend at SF Bats. And it, I've seen some truly amazing things. It's like, wow, I would have no personal use for that, but it has expanded wow, the way beautiful. I think yeah. about the tarot. So. And, and that's also true. Is I call it the tarot bazaar. Mm-hmm. And the, it, because the first bats I ever did, we had a handful of people exhibiting their work and offering their work for sale. And just what it did was it transformed the room into a caravanserai and did this <laughs> wonderful thing. And when all the vendors are set up, it's, it's bright and it's colorful and it's beautiful and it's stimulating. And, mm-hmm. and so it becomes window dressing. It mm-hmm. becomes part of the whole experience. Right. And, and, and now we've got, this time we're going to have 10 or 11 vendors. Oh my gosh. That's artists exhibiting as well as people selling stuff. And mm-hmm. the room is just going to be throbbing with all this glorious color and, and, and shiny things. Wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yes. so, well, great. Well, it sounds like a day not to be missed. Mm-hmm. And so people could go on the web to your Daughters of Divination website. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. So it's daughtersofdivination.com. Yes. And all the information about where and when and how to register. Yes. Great. Yes. The, um, the 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 most up to date speaker roster will be on the website, um, and the website itself we're we're kind of proud of it. It's <laughs> it's it's kind of fun, mm-hmm. um, and you know I've gotten a lot of good feedback. It's it's you know there's always something interesting happening, and mm-hmm. so any any and there's also a link there to, if you're uh, if you've got a question, um, you can certainly contact me. Um, I'll, I may not get back to you in quite the turnaround time that I would like, but... <laughs> but something about being just a couple of weeks out before an event, yeah, you yeah. might be just a little bit occupied, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It has been such a delight having you here. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, utter, utter pleasure. Hope. Well, I, I, I know I'll see you. <laughs> well, yes. But I hope I see lots of new faces. <laughs> And again, if you're looking for more details and how to register, you can go to the website at daughtersofdivination.com. Thank you so much, Thalassa. Thank you. Well, that was fun. <laughs> that was terrific. Thank you so much for coming. We Great. really appreciate it. Wow. So, um, always a good time with Thalassa. She's fabulous. You she, just don't know which way she's going to go. <laughs> she's such a kick. Usually diagonally, I've noticed. Yes, yes. Um, so anyway, so again, the San Francisco Bay Area Tourist Symposium, Saturday, October 21st. Full details on the Daughters of Divination website at daughtersofdivination.com. So I think that's about all I have, Rose. Uh, that's it. I think, you know, just keep on listening. We're going to have a new one next week. Uh, no, oh, no, no, I no. Apologize. I'm out of town next week. <laughs> next month, next week. You just keep yourself tuned to us. We'll give you the information. Right. Artemis, do you have any concluding comments? Not, uh, not that I know of. Just stay tuned for the next episode. And uh, thanks very much for having us. Great. Well, thank you, Rose. Thank you, Artemis. Thank you, Thalassa. This has been great fun. And we'll see you all next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.